Uh, it truly was a terrific trip, and we're going to try to encapsulate as much as we can in this next 45 minutes uh, uh, and impart to you some of the things that happened and some of the stories uh, and what the team brought back. So we're excited to do that. Before we get started, though, uh, Jordan Boom has been called to Honduras, and she'll be leaving August 30th, and uh, we would like to support her. And one of the ways you can support her is by participating in the lunch that's taking place right after service. Uh, I'm sure you saw as you were driving in, they had tables set out there, $5 a plate or more. If you uh, feel so inclined to give, she wanted to make everybody aware that they are also taking credit cards. So if you would like to charge your lunch, you may do that as well. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says this, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So my question is, are we earnestly seeking him today? Are we looking actively to see his face, how he's moving in our lives day after day, moment after moment? And so we're going to hear today from some incredible people, ordinary people, ordinary people that the Lord called to go to Africa. We're going to start with a, a video of our trip. are here they are in need because their husband leave them when they are in great need and most of them they have so many children and they need to provide for their children food clothes and where to stay because most of them also doesn't have house Darkness. there's a promise that will keep us there is one who came to set us Wrap your arms around this world tonight 
And so the group who went heard a call from God, and they said, okay, God, I'll answer that call, and I will trust you, and I will believe you for the resources, for the protection for our families we left at home, so that we would have an opportunity to spread the gospel and to share Jesus with these people. And uh, what an exciting trip it was. Uh, I'm excited uh, for the opportunity for these guys to get to share, and I want to uh, maximize their time. So this will be a uh, compilation of youth and youth leaders. So first up will be Jonathan Walsh. Good morning. My name is Jonathan. If you don't recognize me, I'm the one who sits over there. My hair bounces up and down sometimes. Um, so I want to read this verse, or these handful of verses real quick. Um, it's Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Um, pardon my wordy, amplified Bible. So by whatever appeal to you there is in our mutual dwelling in Christ, 
by whatever strengthening and consoling and encouraging our relationship in him affords, by whatever persuasive incentive there is in love, by whatever participation in the Holy Spirit we share, and by, by whatever depth of affection and compassionate sympathy, fill up and complete my joy by living in harmony and being of the same mind and one in purpose, having the same love, being in full accord and of one harmonious mind and intention. Do nothing from factional motives through contentious strife, selfishness, or for unworthy ends, or prompted by conceit and empty arrogance. Instead, in the true spirit of humility, lowliness of mind, let each regard the others as better than and superior to himself, thinking more highly of one another than you do of yourselves. Let each of you esteem and look upon and be concerned for not merely his own interest, but also each for the interests of others. So, um, I've been on a few of these trips with Bruce, and he keeps inviting me back even though I wear skinny jeans and have earrings. I think it has to do with the fact that I laugh at his jokes. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm the only one. But it's funny. It's funny. Um, but so he's taught me just numerous things in, uh, in word and just by example. And um, one of the things that, that he's told me and I've seen him do over and over again is every time we go on a trip, he emphasizes the fact that we're there to encourage, we're there to encourage everybody that we interact with, but a lot of it is there to encourage the actual missionaries to, to uh, you know, to hang out with them, to fellowship with them, to spend time with them, because they're the ones who do that every single day, and we just get a chance to go and help them and, you know, make their life easier for a minute. So I'd seen that over and over again, and I, you know, I, I understood it, but it wasn't until we got off the airplane in Kasumu and we saw Kurt there and like how excited he was to, uh, to see us and just that, that look on his face and how excited I was to see him. That was like, that sort of just opened up what Bruce had taught me to like a whole nother level. Like this is why we do what we do to encourage people and to love people and to just, to, to have that fellowship and like how important that is in just building relationships because that encouragement doesn't happen unless you have a relationship with the person already. That community doesn't happen unless you have a relationship with that person already. So that was, I mean, that was, I feel like that's pretty well spoken in that verse. There's a lot of stuff that just applies so heavily to what happens on mission trips. Um, but that was one of the things that I felt like God was speaking to me is just the emphasis in encouragement and the emphasis in just loving the missionaries that are there and being a friend to them and hanging out with them and cracking jokes with them. Um, and then the other thing was just, again, the emphasis on the group and how well they all worked together, how well they served each other, how well they just were, were so group-minded and were, you know, one for the purpose of what we were doing there to help get that done. And especially the teenagers, like, I mean, I've, I've spent a fair amount of time with teenagers and that's not their default mode is <laughs> to serve other people and to do what the group needs done, even if that's not what they want to do, even if that's not what they feel like doing. But over and over again, I see that from the teens in our youth group and the teens on this trip, and it blows me away because that that's not just like, oh, we told them that, that that's what they need to do. Like, they have to, they have to believe that, they have to know that, and they have to understand that they're walking in God's will when they do that. Otherwise, there's there's no purpose for them to do that. And that all starts with that first step of like just saying you want to go on this trip and believing God for the money, believing God for the way and everything else. And with that initial step, it just, that's really all that it takes. From there on, it's just one step at a time, you know, and next thing you know, it, you're in Kenya and you're, you know, performing skits in front of a thousand kids and 
you know, going to these fishing villages that you never imagined you'd see yourself in. But it's it's all about just that one initial step and just taking little baby steps from there on, just in faith. So, I you know, what else is there to say? I'm I'm blessed to continue to do these things and just meet people, meet brothers and sisters in Christ, and just experience community all around the world. And I encourage you guys, even if it's not in Kenya, to just, you know, be intentional about that community here. Be intentional about spending time with people and encouraging each other. Thanks. Jonathan, an example of Christ from the moment he stepped off the plane, on the plane, and to when he stepped off. Giovanna Coble, come on out here. Hi. I'm kind of nervous. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, I'm Giovanna, but hi. But most of everybody knows me as JC, or Bruce and Jill's granddaughter, or Vonda's daughter. But um, this trip was uh, very, very good for me. When I got back home, I was like, whew, thank goodness I'm back. The toilet and a shower, I'm like, yes. But, <laughs> um, but it really was. Uh, I think that um, there was two things that really um, hit home, I guess you could say, was really the first one was um, just loving people. And it's really easy to do on a mission trip when you're with the kids or with the widows and seeing how they live and how much love they have for God and everything. And it's really easy to love those kind of people. But it's also, um, should be easy to love the people you're on your trip with. But uh, you it's, it was different for me because I had been on past mission trips with my grandpa, but it was like eight people and they were all older than me and I was the young one. And so it was, it was different to go on a trip where it was um, older people and teenagers all together. But it really worked out because we all ended up being really close and loving each other. Frank, five-star missionary. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so um, that was, it was really good to um, also love the people, the 22 people I went on this great trip with. But... Um, uh, and lastly, we, um, at the end of our uh, mission trip, we got to go to the Masai Mara and uh, go on game drives, safari drives, and whatnot, and see all the animals and everything, which was great, and I was super excited. And then there was a day, a dark day, when I saw a wildebeest get eaten by a crocodile. Which, you know, for some people, it's like, yes, I saw a kill, it's great. But in my head, I'll give you a scenario. They were um, crossing the river to get to the other side, safe and sound. And there, we were like rooting because the first group went through. And we were like, yeah, and we clapped. There's even a video. It's great. And, but then um, there was a next group going up, going through the water and whatnot. And there was a little baby and a mom. And you can kind of see the baby in the current kind of just like drifting away. And then next thing you know, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, there's a crocodile. It's coming. I'm like, where? Where? No, please. And next thing I see is it slowly, the crocodile drowning, it, the baby. And then the mom <laughs> came back. I'm going to start crying now. It was really sad for me. <laughs> the mom came back in the water trying to kind of, or I guess the mom, the adult, I don't know who, was coming back trying to get the kid, but it was gone. And so it's kind of sad. And I wanted to know why I, was, I cried about it. It's nature. It's life. It's a circle of life, you know. And my mom asked, why did you cry? And I was like, mom, I had so much hope for this baby wildebeest to get across the river. And it didn't. And it just crushed my spirits. And um, I started to think about it a little bit more. And I thought of me and my life, um, reaching to get across the finish line, to get to the other side. And if I'm weak in my spiritual life with God, like a baby, it's very easy for a crocodile to come and get me and snap me and take me away from my goal. And um, so to become mature in my walk, to be like all the older wildebeest who got across the river, <laughs> I need to um, be in the Bible more, be prepared for when the enemy comes after me, take advice 
Christianly advice from my elders, from my mom, from my family. And um, because I'm about to go to college and I'm super nervous, but I can be prepared. I can be ready to stand up against my crocodiles in my life to come after me. And I have a verse bookmarked really quickly. Uh, in James chapter one, it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If, in, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So I'm ready to conquer college and have wisdom and have faith and be mature and it's all because of Africa. <laughs> Ready to conquer college, okay. Praise the Lord, amen. Allie Jones, come on out here. Very, very glad Allie went with us. Hey guys. Okay, so I'm a planner, so I have to, like, write everything out, so I'm going to be referring to my notes. Um, okay, so my mom has wanted to go to Africa since she was in the fourth grade, and it was something God planted in her at a very young age. Um, and so when she first brought it up, I was like, oh, that's so cool, but that's never going to happen. And the more I thought about it, like, I really did want to go, um, but I was just like, I mean, that's so far away, and she's such a homebody, and um, I don't know if that's going to happen. And then uh, she mentioned that she wanted the whole family to go. And I was like, okay, that's really not going to happen. <laughs> um, if you guys, like, know our family, we're, like, up and going all the time. We're all all over the place. We have busy work schedules and stuff. Um, but I knew that God had really planted in her heart that she should go. And so then she started telling people that she's going to go whether the family's going or not. So I was like, okay, she's really serious. Um, <laughs> and I always wanted to go. I mean, Africa, who wouldn't want to go? Um, but God ended up providing a way for all of us to go, so that was really awesome. Um, so the day was getting closer, and I started getting really excited. But there were a few things in my life that were kind of making me second guess um, if I was supposed to go or if I wanted to go. Um, and I, have a, I had a lot of distractions, and I was focusing on the wrong things. Instead of focusing on preparing my heart for the trip, I just expected, you know, when I got there that some, like, miraculous thing would happen, like some mission trip, like miracle or something. And people always tell you to, like, prepare your heart and get ready for it. And I was like, nah, I don't need to do that. Um, and so about two months ago, uh, my world, like, completely changed. I... A lot of stuff going on, and it was a really difficult time. Um, it just kind of, like, knocked me down out of nowhere. But looking back, I realized that that had to happen for me to completely re-surrender myself to Christ again. Um, he's a really jealous God, and he knew that he wasn't number one in my life. And whenever God's in the number two place, he's going to fight to get back to number one, and things won't work out. So... He knew he had to be number one again, so he removed those distractions. And looking back on it, like, I realized that's such a huge blessing. Um, so on the trip, I started working on making God my number one again, and that brought a lot of healing. Um, sometimes when I'm hurting, I think I just want God to take the pain and make it better, like, in the snap of a finger. But the more I've thought about it, um, if God were to do that, then we wouldn't have to put our faith in him over and over every single day. It's a choice whether you want to trust him and believe in him and depend on him or not. And uh, by, you know, allowing time to heal things, you keep re-surrendering it to God. Um, and it's, it's so worth it to just, you know, wait and keep pursuing him and let him heal it in his timing. Um, if there's one thing I learned on this trip, it's reassurance. Reassurance um, that it may seem like the world is falling apart around you, but God's always there, and he's going to pick you back up and make you new again if you let him. And also reassurance that he's never going to leave you. Um, 
It's easy to feel alone or like nobody understands what you're going through, but God understands. Um, so my family and I, we stayed a few extra days to go to Giraffe Manor in an elephant orphanage. Um, and before we left for the airport, we decided we were going to go grab some dinner. And we thought we had plenty of time. Our flight wasn't until midnight. Um, so we invited our driver to come eat with us. And we get to the restaurant. We think it's going to be some low-key kind of restaurant. Well, it's some, like, five-star, like, fancy place. And we have, like, muddy shoes and these nasty clothes on. And it rained on us. So we're looking really gross. Um, and... One thing, another thing I learned in Africa is that people there really take their time with things. Um, <laughs> we got to the restaurant, and we walk up to the little, um, what's it called, the little place where they seat you, hostess stand, and they were like, yeah, we'll go find you a table. So 15 minutes later, they come back out, and they say they have a table for us, and we walk in the restaurant, and there's two other people sitting down. And the whole restaurant was empty. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, it took 15 minutes to find that table. Um, but I realized that was a blessing because while we were waiting for our table, they told us we could, like, go in the bar area or, like, get some water or something and hang out. So we went in there, and a Barlow Girl song came on. It's called Never Alone. And... Um, I was listening to, and I was like, Mom, is this Barlow girl? Like, that's so random. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, I think it is. And it really opened my eyes because that song, if you guys don't know it, it talks about how, like, the girl singing is talking about how she's, like, waiting on God and waiting on God, and she can't see him, but she's going to trust him anyways and know that he's there and that she's not alone. And so I realized in that moment, on the whole trip, every night before I went to sleep, I had been listening to that song on my iPod. And it was just kind of reassurance again that I am never alone and that God's always going to be there. Um, I was really shocked by, like, how random it was. But then I realized, you know, it wasn't random. It was God. And he reassured me instantly that um, I'm, not, I'm not going through this by myself and there's others to help me. He uses others and he can also do it himself. So I was really blessed by this trip and all the different things that got to do and experience and learn, so, yeah. Nathan Spears. Hi, I'm Nathan Spears. I uh, don't think I've ever spoken from this stage before, so if I haven't met you yet, Hi. Um, so my wife, Genesis, and I, uh, we recently went to Kenya. Um, you should have heard her. This earlier service, she was great. I just, I don't know if anybody. <laughs> Genesis and I have been married for about three years, one month, two weeks, and a day today. Um, <laughs> we came to this church not long after our marriage. Uh, last year, Genesis was especially encouraged with the report from Youth's Mexico mission trip. Uh, and we both felt excited to share in this experience with our new church. Um, I've been to Jamaica on previous mission trips, and if the mission trips at this church are anything like the ones I've been to before, uh, there's a great opportunity to connect with the team at a deep level that is hard to find on a Sunday-to-Sunday -Sunday interaction. It seemed that God would be glorified in many ways if we just signed up. So we signed up. <laughs> no problem. What? Oh, wait, paying for it? Yeah, okay. No problem. Oh, I guess I should ask how much, right? If somebody were to react like this, you might think that they weren't very serious. But in truth, we were very serious. Um, Genesis says that I have a spirit of peace. Um, over the past year, my life has seemed to have a theme of um, trust God. Um, I used to, have to think that the peace that passes understanding meant that you couldn't understand how I could be peaceful. Instead, it's, I don't have to understand how I can be peaceful. I just am. God is God. What's not to be peaceful about? The, the trip cost $4,000, and it really didn't stress me. What are numbers to God? At what point, 
I feel like I'm spending too much time. At what point did God stop being faithful enough that $4,000 was a problem? Well, Genesis and I share finances, so it's kind of like $8,000. Let me rewind. Soon before our marriage, we were given two tickets to Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover Live in Nashville. After the event, we canceled our plans to buy a house, and we moved into an apartment instead. We quickly paid off our student loans, and then we started saving up for a down payment to one day maybe buy a house. Uh, in the fall of last year, we were close enough to our goal and began searching for that house. Um, but that was about when the Africa signups started. <laughs> Thank God for free will. <laughs> we had $8,000, but of course that would mean taking it out of our future house. Now, we were so close to buying it. Oh, blah, blah, worry, worry. What if blah, blah, negativity? Blah, blah, my understanding. What if, what if wrong decision, blah, blah? <laughs> See, we've got the best insurance policy against wrong decisions. We trust and obey. And there's no other way. Kevin is a great enabler of following God's will, I gotta say. During the trip, Kevin, Jill, and Vonda were in a seminar teaching teachers, teaching, teaching to teachers. Um, Genesis and I were painting in the next door over. The building had no ceilings, so Genesis and I were working quietly, and we could hear all of the encouragement and guidance that our team was sharing. During one of their breaks, I mentioned to Kevin that I knew an encouraging speech about teaching. It must have been God's will for me to share it with them based on the huge encouragement that Kevin gave me to share it. Um, raise your hand if you're a teacher. I just wanted to get a quick idea. Okay, you're going to get a kick out of this. This is um, What Teachers Make by Taylor Molly. He says, the problem with teachers is, what's a kid going to learn from someone who decided the best course of their life is to teach? He reminds the other dinner guests that it's true what they say about teachers. Those who can do and those who can't teach. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, I decide to bite my tongue instead of his and remind the other dinner guests that it's also true what they say about lawyers because we're eating after all and this is polite company. He says, I mean, you're a teacher, Nathan. Be honest. What do you make? And I wish he hadn't said that. Ask me to be honest because I have a policy when it comes to honesty and butt kicking that if you ask me for it, then I have to give it to you. You want to know what I make? I make kids work harder than they ever thought they could. I can make a C-plus feel like a Congressional Medal of Honor and an A-minus feel like a slap in the face. How dare you waste my time with anything less than your very best. I make kids sit through 40 minutes of study hall in absolute silence. No, you may not work in groups. No, you may not ask a question. No, I won't let you go to the bathroom. Why? Because you're bored and you don't really have to go, do you? I make parents tremble in fear when I call home. Hi, this is Mr. Nathan. I hope I haven't called a bad time. See, I just wanted to let you know about something your kid said to the biggest bully in the grade. He said, leave the kid alone. I still cry sometimes, don't you? And it was the most noble act of courage that I had ever seen. I make parents see their children for who they are and what they can be. You want to know what I make? I make kids wonder. I make them question. I make them criticize. I make them apologize and mean it. I make them write. And then I make them read, read, read. I make them spell definitely beautiful, definitely beautiful, definitely beautiful. Until they will over, over and over, until they never will misspell either of those words ever again. I make them show all their work in math and hide it in their final drafts in English. If you, I make them understand that if you've got this, you follow this. And if anybody ever tries to judge you based on what you make, you give them this. <laughs> Let me break it down. Teachers make a difference. What about you? The speech was well received. But now, thanks to our obedience... All of us in the, in, in the mission trip, made, we made a difference too. 900 Kenyan children were ministered to. The Sikh missionaries were encouraged by our presence, and the group bonded together. Genesis and I have really grown in our relationship with these teens and leaders, and it makes us a lot easier to feel more comfortable and at home at a church that's still a little bit new to us. Everything about this trip glorifies God. How could any of this have been the wrong decision? If God is glorified, praise be to God. <clears throat> God.
Gabby Exley. She's going to come share, and then she's going to teach us a song. That's why I have a guitar, by the way. Um, okay, so basically, uh, this trip was amazing, and I was so thankful that I was able to go on it. Um, for those of you who have ever felt called to missions, don't not go just because the money sounds like this scary thing, that there's no way I can raise $4,000 for a mission trip. That is not the truth, and that's definitely not God speaking to you. Um, $4,000 sounds like a lot, but God just continually brought in money for me. Like there was, I mean, I don't have a job and my parents don't just have $4,000 laying around. So um, God was just amazing and he provided that for me. So if you ever feel called to missions, don't be afraid because of the money. Um, okay, and now to what God did to me on the trip. Um, I'm one of those people that really um, likes big things. I love seeing God do big things, which is great. But sometimes when I get into that mindset, I kind of ignore and don't value the small moments with God. Um, I get so wrapped up in wanting this crazy, kind of like what Allie said, have this crazy miracle thing happen while I'm on a mission trip. And what God began to show me was that those small moments are so valuable in your walk with Christ. Those moments where nothing crazy happens, it's just God's presence with you. Even when he just gives you the smallest word, those are crucial. And... Um, one of the main moments that God hit me with that was we were with the widows one day and they were going around and they would say their name and then they would say a prayer request or something that they were praising God for. Um, I mean, these women have lost so much. They, they lost their husbands. They've lost their houses most of the time. They deserve to be angry. You know, they're, they're people that if you were to talk to them, you would think, oh, they should be upset. But they were the most joyful and thankful thankful people I've ever talked to you, um, the women would start out and they would say, I just want to thank God that he's protected my life from birth until now. And that just hit me so hard. I was like, how often do I thank him for, for every breath? The fact that I'm even alive today, that I woke up this morning, how often do I do that? And I just almost started crying because I was, I realized that I had not been in this place of thankfulness for what he had already given me. And, um, as we went on with the widows, Miss um, Vonda closed out in prayer, and I guess she got the same thing, too, because she was praying, and she was just saying, we thank you, God, for everything that you've given us. We're so thankful, and you're so worthy. And I just started crying because I had not been in that posture of thankfulness. And um, God just began to show me so much about how good he is and what he's already given me and how important those moments are with him. So instead of this crazy thing happening on the trip, what God did was... Um, every day he would show me small things. He would give me a small word, but they were so important and they were so valuable. And God just began to teach me how valuable those moments are. So as you go on with your walk with Christ, just remember to focus in on those small moments too because those are really important and they grow you so much. Um, so that's what God kind of showed me. And, okay, can I have the team come up here from Kenya, the Kenya team? Come on up. Um, this is a song that we learned while we were in Kenya. I did not write this, just so you know. I've been asked that a couple times. Uh, <laughs> this is a Kenya song, and uh, it's very interactive, so that means you have to stand up. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> um, so we're going to sing this song for you. Um, it's an echo song, so there's one person leading and then the rest like follow along. The team knows it, so just follow them and the motions. Uh, all right, let's go. Everybody praise the Lord.
second. Just keep it going. Now, I'm a teacher, okay? Some of you know I work out of school. If I was in my classroom with my students and I said, I want you to play an air guitar, and they gave me this right here, we would be doing it during recess. This type of guitar says, God's only done this much in my life. This type of guitar, okay? God's done a lot of things. This type of trumpet, God's doing things in my life. So let's see it. We're going to play guitar again. Here we go. Show them, team. Here we go. I guess that's scriptural, air guitar, air trumpet, and heirs of the kingdom, so <laughs> that'll work. Um, I know you can tell we didn't have a good time on the trip. <laughs> it's great. It was great serving with everybody, um, and uh, they did uh, almost all the work the team did, um, and as you can see, I, I wish we had time for everybody to share, um, because you'd you have that same sense over and over of this one thing. I know my God, and he knows me, and he's with me, and he'll never leave me or forsake me. As a pastor, that's the greatest thing I could ever want and see within the people, that they know their God, and that they are familiar with him, and they know how much he cares for them, and that they can trust him. And that's what we tried to share overseas, and, uh, and they knew it, most of them already. And so we just did things together, and we worshiped our God together, and we taught together, and we ate together, and we reached out to unbelievers together, um, because it was very clear we knew what to do, um, because it was already within us. That treasure and earthen vessels to show forth the character and the wonder of our God. And so this morning we say to you, God knows your name. God has drawn you to him. You saw a lot of faith up here. You saw a lot of confidence as people spoke. People who normally don't speak in public, um, but don't have any problem talking in the groups. Um, but um, their love for God and the word in their heart overcame their fear. And they do it. God is drawing you to him this morning the exact same way. Everybody's tried to lift up Jesus Christ, not give you a travel log, but lift up Jesus Christ and what's happened in their lives and what's going on. And God is drawing you to him through Jesus Christ this morning. And so whatever is in your heart, whatever God is doing to draw you to him this morning, I would ask you, I would beg you to respond to him. To lay down the fears or the anger, the doubt, whatever is holding you back from coming to the God that created you, who knew you before you were in your mother's womb, who has a whole plan and, a, and your name in a book and a plan of life for you, who wants to prepare a place in heaven for you. This wonderful God is drawing you, drawing you to him. 
We're going to have people come forward now that you can pray with. Our team will be happy to pray with you. We've got elders and others in the church who are happy to pray with you. And we're just going to worship for a moment or two longer. But you felt the faith that all these wonderful people have in God and their response and being obedience to him. And you saw something in them, didn't you, that's very attractive and that we want. And that's the Lord himself. So we give you this opportunity. Let us pray with you about this God, Jesus Christ, who is drawing you to him.
Yeah, the Lord does hear you when you call. And when you call him, take a moment to listen. He will answer. Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the precious name of our Savior, Father. And we come to you, Father, thanking you for your great grace and your mercy. I ask you, Father, to make your face shine upon every person here. I ask you to guide their steps, Father. I ask, Father, that your word would be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path, Father. And I ask you, Father, to continue to draw them to you that they may know who you and Jesus Christ really is. And I ask this in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Bless you.